My best friend, Eldon Felch, had an apartment a few miles from my work. So when I got off around 5 p.m., I headed over to his place to hang out and knock back a few beers. I had four hours to kill before Eldon got back from his job at a local grocery store. So I did what many other 19-year-old boys would do. I polished off a six-pack. Waiting until 9 p.m. for Eldon to show up seemed like an eternity. So I walked down to a local 7-Eleven to pick up another six-pack. As I walked to the store, pain began shooting up my left knee. I'd injured my knee playing football in a sandlot game, and my knee was wrecked. I'd had three surgeries already and needed another, so I had a bottle of pain meds handy. Popping pills to manage the pain in my bad knee had become routine. I had been doing so for about two years now. I must have looked older, or the cashiers didn't really care, since neither of the attendants working that night asked for my ID. I took my purchased six-pack, left the store, and walked back to Eldon's apartment. The frigid January weather didn't help my aching knee one bit. So when I got back to Eldon's, I popped three pills, a full day's dosage, and washed it down with a fresh Budweiser. I opened the last beer in my second six-pack, around 8 p.m., and contemplated another trip to 7-Eleven. I checked my stash of pain pills and noticed I had ten pills left. I popped two more to brace myself for the long walk and the frigid night air. I lingered, sipping my last beer, waiting for the pills to kick in. My knee hurt, but the pain I was most trying to dull was the emotional pain of a recent breakup with a girl I was in love with. Still lying on the couch, I took my last sip of beer. When I reached for my bottle of pills, it was empty. I don't remember taking those, I thought. I tried to get up, but my legs felt heavy. I lay back on the tan couch and looked around the room. The TV was on, but I didn't hear the sound coming from it. A river of warmth rushed through me, and everything began to slow down. Better get up, I told myself. But when I tried to move, my feet were cinder blocks. My hands tingled, my face felt flushed, my heart raced, and I began to sweat. This is not good, I thought. I was in trouble, and I knew it. I started to panic. I somehow mustered the strength to move off the couch, but fell flat on the floor. I rolled on my side and tried to get to the phone on the kitchen wall. I needed help. I wanted to shout, but I had no voice. My head was clouded and I struggled to breathe. But I had to get to the phone. I crawled a few feet, collapsed, then passed out. When I came to a short time later, the room felt bitterly cold, but I still felt sweat gathering on my body. All my bodily systems were in overdrive, and I knew I didn't have long. I made it up on all fours, then to one knee, and began to stretch my hand up the wall.
but inches from the phone, I gave out and slid down the wall and lay face down on the linoleum. I rolled over and stared at the ceiling. The room spun. My stomach churned. My heart was beating in my head, and my shirt was drenched. My body began to twitch uncontrollably. With rapid stomach contractions, I gasped for air, struggling to breathe. Then the room went dark. Scenes flashed through my head. I saw myself clearly as a five-year-old, playing in my family's yard and talking with our neighbors, whose kind faces were lit by the brightness of the California sun. I recognized my mother and father, but they were moving away from me, and I couldn't see their faces. I wanted to call them, but they were distant and out of reach. Then I was at the beach, and I saw the face of an angry adult wailing on me for some unforgivable mistake. She held me under the salt-filled water until I took my last breath. I saw my tears and my fear and my helplessness. I saw myself crying every night as I lay down to sleep. As a child, I had prayed to two statues, one of Mary and the other of Jesus, that were situated on my headboard. I prayed that they would rescue me from a life of fear and desperation I already found unbearable, and from the emotions of fear and desperation that were too weighty for any child. I pleaded with the statues and the simple words of a broken-hearted child who just wanted relief. But relief never came. The statue of the sweet-faced woman who I was told had the power to help me did not. My cries went unheeded. The gentle smile of the man statue seemed to be laughing at me. I was alone and abandoned. One night after praying, I broke the heads off the two plastic statues, went to the backyard, and buried them in the soil of a nearby garden. The next thing I saw was my body lying in an ambulance as it roared down Danforth Road on its way to Edmond Medical Center. I floated high outside the vehicle and saw the commotion that was going on inside as the medics attended to me. I saw the oxygen mask on my face and my shirt torn back as I lay unconscious on the white transport gurney. I watched my body jerk when paddles were put on my chest to jumpstart me back to the world I'd just exited. But I didn't want to go back to the pain, to the confusion, to the loneliness and isolation. I saw fear on the medics' faces as my life began to slip away from them. Watching this scene, all I could think was, Good. It is over. Then I heard a voice say to me, Not yet, son. I have too much for you to do. I fell back asleep.